Don't carry a grudge. What we're really talking about for the next few weeks is the subject of forgiveness. And let me kind of tell you where we're going to be going with this in the next few weeks, in the upcoming weeks. We're going to talk about everything from the faith to forgive to how we deal with big betrayals when somebody wrongs us in a very significant way. It hurts. It, 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 it crushes the spirit inside of us. It can alter our lives. How do you have the faith to forgive someone when it's been so painful what they've done to you? I want to give a shout out to the Nickerson family too. God bless you. So all the way from Quincy, man, they're just, praise the Lord. Thank you for being here today. Then we're going to talk about how we reconcile with God or here's, here's what I think. Some people need to actually forgive God. Now, you, you don't forgive a God that doesn't need to be forgiven, but in your heart, you're harboring something. You're holding something against God. You've got a grudge against God, maybe because God didn't do something when you think he should have done something, or maybe because God did something when you think he should have just left it alone. But either way, you think uh, you, you've got this grudge against, we're going to deal with that. We're also going to talk about probably the hardest thing of forgiveness is forgiving yourself. How do I stop this grudge that I have against myself? It's easy to recognize the grace of Jesus that he forgives me and he forgives us, but sometimes we still live in the guilt of our past and we can't seem to let it go. And so we're going to talk about forgiving ourselves in this. But today, I just think we need to ease into it a little bit. So today, we're going to go a little bit, little bit easier. We're going to talk about how do I forgive the small offenses that accumulate in my life? Man, we have them all the time. These small offenses that lead to bitterness, and they hold us back from the best that God has for us. In fact, how many of you would say you know someone who can be easily offended? Raise your hand. Don't look to the person. Just kind of raise your hand. Okay, so it's, it's easy to be offended. Some people are very easily offended by small things, and I'm talking about small things. What's an example of a small thing, Troy? Well, I'm glad you asked. Maybe someone rolls their eyes at you, and it just kind of sets you off. Or maybe someone has a, a tone in their voice and it just triggers you and you get, you get really offended at that. Or maybe someone forgets just to say thank you when you did something to make a difference in their lives. I get utterly offended, incredibly offended when I'm driving in traffic and I allow somebody to merge in front of me and they don't give me the, the wave. <laughs> Right, just give me the wave. If you if you're just too focused on driving, just I can see the head bob. Something. Give. Listen, what I did out of my grace and my godliness, I gave mercy to you. I imparted to you the gift of merging, and at least you could have done is acknowledge that. Anybody get offended when somebody doesn't respond to a text message? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about when I say the, listen, I hate it when I text somebody that really did elicit some sort of a response from them because I see the bubbles. The bubbles are on my phone. I know that you're reading my texts right now because there are bubbles there. And then I'm like, they're going to text me back. And then the bubbles disappear. You were bubbling me and then you ghosted me. Now I'm offended, right? It you can even get offended by the little things from like social media. Man, isn't that a double-edged sword in our lives? What people post, how often they post it, if they comment on your friend's post, but they don't comment on your post, and you're like, well, what, what in the world? Mine was like the same, I don't understand. It, it, the unforgivable sin is if somebody unfollows you and you find out about it, right? We get so upset. These are, by the way, the small things 
in life. These aren't the big things. We live in an age of what I call perpetual offense. We're always offended. We're quick to be offended. We're quick to call a foul ball. We're quick to judge. We're quick to become bitter. And what I want us to understand in this time that we have together, this very sacred and precious time that we have together is there is never a win in living offended. I've never found myself saying, I'm going to have a much better day because I'm offended. My marriage is going to be so much stronger because I am carrying an offense. My relationships are going to be so much richer because I am offended. There has never been a win in living offended. And that's why I tell myself, and I really hope that you'll internalize this and tell yourself, your life is too short and your calling is too great to be offended by something small. Your life is moving by, and your calling from God to love this world is too great to live offended, to be sidetracked, to be distracted, to be hurting because of the small offenses in your life. In fact, I love what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19. In Proverbs 19, verse number 11... Some of y'all are like, it's on the screen, Troy. Just, I know, but I want to look in my Bible too. Verse number 11, a man's wisdom gives him patience. Get this now. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. It is to his glory, to, to your glory, to overlook an offense. It's, listen, nudge your neighbor and say, I'm over it. Can you do that? I'm, uh, just like COVID nudge them. Like, you know, uh, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. How is it that followers, that we as followers of Jesus Christ, get over a grudge? How do we get over a grudge? You don't know, it's so fresh and raw inside of me. Well, you might want to spend some time looking in the mirror if it's that big of a deal to you when, and so raw to you when it's a small offense. I'm, I'm going to give you an answer to the statement. Here we go. I'm going, to ask, I'm going to rephrase the question, and then I'm going to give you an answer. We're going to put it on the screen right now. How do you grow past the daily temptations to be offended? And the answer to the question is, we close the gap with love. Now, what I want to do is I gave you the question, and I gave you the answer, and we're going to spend the rest of the few minutes, the, the 24 minutes that I have with you left, to unpack this together. We're going to go back to the Bible, Proverbs Chapter 10, if you'll turn back there just a little bit, in Proverbs chapter 10, it says in verse number 12, hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers over all wrongs. Love covers over all wrongs. In other words, hatred complicates and hatred distances relationships that we have. But love covers over all offenses. Now, this sounds kind of cliche-ish, but as we begin to unpack this and lean into it, you're going to get some things today that will help you apply this in your life in real time. Hmm. There is a dynamic that happens in every single relational interaction that we have. It doesn't matter if it's with a coworker or with a friend or a spouse or a child, a neighbor. There is a dynamic that happens in every interaction we have. You may have noticed it. You may not have noticed it, but it happens nevertheless in every interaction. There is this 
gap that we experience in our lives between action and reaction, between action and reaction. Somebody acts, they cut you off, or they merge without waving, or they, they ghost you, and, and, and then there is a reaction that you have. But there is always, and it might be micro, but there is always a gap in the moment, a split second where you and I make an interpretive decision based upon what that action means to us. Let me, let me help you with this. I, I kind of put some things together, and uh, when I preached to the house churches earlier this week, I had this on here, and now I'm afraid I left it sit there too long and it might not stay, so allow us to have craft time as we do this together. There is, there is an action that takes place. Each one of us experience a different action in our lives. Usually, it's not the action that we have done, but it's an action that somebody else has done, and now we have to live with whatever they have done. But the, 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 what we live with, or the way that we live it, is, is what I'm calling the reaction. The reaction is how we decide to respond, to react to the action that somebody else somebody else did. You can think of all kinds of things. They roll their eyes, or they ask you a question, or they have a tone, or, or they ignore you, or um, whatever it is. You have the action, and then you have the reaction. But what I really want to talk about is the gap that is in between. Now, this gap that's in between is there in every not in some, but in every interaction that we have with other people. And in the gap, you get to choose, you get to interpret what you put in the gap. It's up to you. Well, they made me, no, they did not. You get to choose not just how you react, but what you put in the gap that will foster the reaction that you have. So it's the gap. We oftentimes focus so much on the way we will react that we're trying to modify our behavior. We're trying to think of things we should say when somebody says this to us, but the, we don't do it. Then we get frustrated because I should have said, and we talked about that a little bit last week as well. But I'm trying to help us figure this out. And the way we figure this out is by focusing on the gap. You see, the problem is we're horrible interpreters, aren't we? How many times has somebody misinterpreted you in your, your life? They interpreted the meaning behind your action. They interpreted the, um, the, the words that you said, and you're thinking to yourself, how in the world could you think that I meant that? How, how, I would never have said that to you with that kind of intent in mind. Don't you know me better than that? How could you think that I would ever do something like that? We are terrible interpreters, aren't we? There is actually a name for this. Are you ready to learn something at church today? Here we go. There's, this is called the fundamental attribution error. And it really is a real thing. And, and get this, the definition of this is kind of fun. I thought it was great to look at. It's the bias to attribute our own actions to our circumstances while attributing someone else's actions to their character. Let's leave that up for a few seconds, okay? Because I want to leave that up as I try to unpack this just a little bit. What we do is we attribute our own actions to some sort of external thing that happened to circle. There's a reason why I did that. Don't you know me better than that? Come on, man. Give me the benefit of the doubt. I've got a good explanation for what I've done. 
But all the while, we attribute somebody else's actions to their character. In other words, well, isn't he rude? Isn't she, she just a terrible person? I can't, what in the world? And we, we think she's so mean or he's so inconsiderate. And we attribute their actions to their character. But we attribute our actions, well, I mean, it, hello, our actions are, it's our circumstances. I mean, I wouldn't be merging without waving if I didn't have to get off somewhere important. I mean, you're probably just out for a stroll, aren't you? But I got to get somewhere. I digress, but I remember I was at the airport standing one time waiting in the long line at security, and a, and a lady just started kind of started cutting. She started going straight to the front of the line. I'm thinking, well, that's not very nice. And all of a sudden, everybody kind of calls her out, and I'm like enjoying the show. I didn't even pay tickets for this. And they're calling her out, saying, um, you can't get up there. The line is back here. The line is back here. She's like, I know, but I've got to catch my flight. And almost in unison, like 60 people were like, well, we're just standing around. We've got nowhere to go. We had no idea. You have a, well, if you have a flight to catch, then by all means, I mean, it was great. We have this double standard in our lives. I mean, if I did something to disappoint you, there is a good reason for that. Give me a break. But if somebody else does something to disappoint me, it's very tempting to attribute their actions to their character. It's, it's receiving an action and choosing to interpret that action in the gap and then reacting to it. And the way we react to it is we are now offended. We have taken up an offense. We are angry. We are frustrated. And we do it all the time. I mean, you walk into the store and your child throws a fit. Well, there's a good reason for that. Come on. You're, they didn't get a nap today or they didn't get the snack. It fell on the floor and they couldn't give it to them and had to go. It's been a hard day. Give me some grace. My kid's just having a tough day. She's not always like this. But when someone else's kid throws a fit in the store, you determine that their parents must be incredibly lazy to raise such a demon-possessed terrorist that's in the store right now. Give me a break, but you are bad. And we do this all the time. There's always a gap, isn't there? Yeah, you get to choose what you put in the gap. So what do I put in the gap, Troy? I am so glad you asked. We're going to talk about that. We have a spiritual enemy, and his name is Satan, or we call him the devil. And one of his titles in Revelation chapter 12 is he is the accuser. He accuses us. He constantly accuses us of our sins or accuses us of being something that we're not. In fact, he accuses us so much that one of his motives in accusing us is to get us to become like him, to become an accuser so that we are also accusing other people. You see, Satan wants you to fill the gap with accusations. He is the accuser. And he wants you to accuse others. Well, she only cares about herself. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't care about me at all. 
You can't trust anybody. Everybody's in it for themselves. And we put that in the gap. And we live that way. The devil wants you to close the gap between the actions that took place and your reaction with accusations. And when you do that, when you choose, they didn't make you go down that road. When you choose to, to uh, fill the gap with accusations, accusations will erode marriages. Accusations will split friendships. Accusations will destroy churches. And it's exactly what the devil wants you to fill the gap with is accusations. Oh, we do this just almost naturally. That's our sin nature that's coming out. Why is it I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things I want to do? Why is it I fill the gap with accusations when I know I don't want to do that? We can fix this. You see, God wants us to fill this gap with love. He wants us to fill the gap with love. Remember, we said in Proverbs uh, chapter 17, just a few minutes ago, we read from Proverbs 17. Let's look at verse number nine. He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates relationships, close friends. Cover over the, the offense. You're promoting, you're promoting love. What does love do? Love gives the benefit of the doubt. Amen. Love chooses to believe the best. This is not easy. Again, it sounds kind of cliche-ish, and some of you literally just came out of a conversation like this, and you chose accusation, and you became offended on your way to church. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord, you're so good to me. Uh, can't hardly really stand them, but I love you, Jesus. <laughs> love trusts the other person. When my lovely bride of 30-plus years says to me, Troy, did you take out the trash? That's the action. I now have a split second, maybe a few more seconds than that, to fill in the gap. Well, I guess you're saying I'm lazy. That's what I'm hearing you say. You're about the laziest buffoon I ever did meet, right? Or, or um, why doesn't she take out the trash? Or, or, or maybe I feel, why is she always nagging me? Uh-huh. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't do that. Love says, well, she's probably curious if I took out the trash. Love chooses the best. Love doesn't choose accusations. You choose what you put in the gap. You choose that. Someone doesn't respond to your text. The devil would say, well, he's not a very good friend. Well, she thinks she's just too good for everybody else. Love does not do that. Love assumes, well, their phone must have, must have died, or, or maybe they just got busy, or maybe another text came after my text, and then they didn't read the previous. You ever done that before? And you're like, oh, no. It just, ah. Love assumes the best. In fact, let's go to the New Testament. Let's take a look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in Love. In other words, make allowances for each other. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. Now remember, I am talking to you in week number one about the small offenses. I'm not talking to you about, about betrayal at a higher level. We'll deal with that as, as the weeks go on. But I'm talking to you about these small offenses that seem to happen 
all the time. Um, Your love, because God loves you, the love that you have, because Jesus forgave you, the love that you have, there is grace for you from Jesus, so the love that you have should extend grace to other people. Make allowances. Someone's behavior is not all about you. Man, that's hard to believe, isn't it? Because they literally just cut me off. There must have been something about me that caused them to do what they just did. It's personal. And it's on. That is so like the devil, isn't it? To, to, To remove me from my calling, to take me away from God's best, to get me distracted, to cause me to be accusatory. Their bad driving is not about me. Their bad mood is not all about me. The, the, the edge in their voice is not all about you. The, they may just be having a bad day. They may be facing a battle of their own. They may have just gotten some really bad news. You want others to give you the benefit of the doubt? Then do the same for them. Why? Because of your Love. I'm telling you, there is always going to be a gap in the world of self-defense and martial arts that I've been a part of for a long time. We call it the reactionary gap. It's the same thing. You've got your training, and you've got your training in action, but there's the reactionary gap. Something happens in there. You've got to interpret it correctly, and if you don't interpret it correctly, the next time somebody comes up and says, boo, they're going to have a broken nose, right? You've got to interpret it correctly. You've also got to interpret it correctly that you don't always think, well, that was just, that, that was nothing, And in fact, it was something, and you have to protect yourself or your family. There's always going to be a gap, but you get to choose what you put in that gap. If you put accusations in the gap, you're always going to be offended. You're always going to carry a grudge. You're always going to be perpetually unhappy, and we all know people like that. Dude, figure out the gap, right? Get your poop in a group. Can I say that? Yeah, I just did, right? Get it together. Proverbs chapter 19. I'm going to go back. Proverbs chapter 19 again, verse number 11. I just want to drive this same verse home again. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. And I even love what the, the writer of the Proverbs said here. It's to his glory. In other words, it's not, we're not even talking about to God's glory, although it brings glory to God to overlook an offense. But he's saying, it's actually to your glory to overlook an offense. It's God honoring to overlook an offense. So I bet you have a question. The question is that you, I know you're thinking right now, what does it mean to overlook an offense? I am really glad you asked. Overlooking an offense is not the same thing as pretending like it didn't happen, because it did happen. But to overlook an offense is a conscious decision to let it go. It's a conscious decision to let it go. It's, it's a form of forgiveness, but it's in real time. In other words, it's, it's saying, I'm not going to carry this offense for three weeks and then wake up one morning and say, okay, God, I've carried this long enough. I'm not going to carry this cross with me any longer. I'm going to lay it down at the altar and let it go. How nuts are you? That is not what God wants you to do. It was never his plan for your life that you should carry an offense for three weeks like you're some sort of martyr. Let it go. 
leave it with Jesus immediately. It is God honoring to overlook an offense. It's saying, I'm not going to carry it so long. I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to pass over it. In fact, the Bible, the the word um, overlook in Hebrew is the word, in the Old Testament language, is the word evor. Evor, it literally means to overlook or to pass over. It means to pass over the offense. Instead of focusing on the offense or replaying the offense over and over and over in my mind, or here's what we do, rehearsing the offense, going over it in my mind, because the next time I see that nut job, I'm going to have the right words to tell them at the right time, or the next time somebody does that to me, oh, I know what I'm going to do. If I'm... If I am going to live like a follower of Jesus Christ, I have to get over it. I have to pass over it. I've got to rise above that offense in my life. Why? Because I have a more important calling in my life than to allow this offense to trip me up. It's saying I'm passing over it. It's saying um, my calling elevates me. It's saying my purpose lifts me. It's the same. The devil wants to lower me into the offenses that would drag me down, but my God has a higher calling for my life. So I'm already over it. And, and this doesn't happen weeks later. It happens in this gap, and this gap is so quick. But it's in this gap. And the more you do this, the more you'll do this. In the gap, it's releasing it. It's giving people the benefit of the doubt. It's not taking things personal. It's not misinterpreting things. It is literally saying, God, I am rising above it. It doesn't happen weeks later. This is where I want the church to go. If you're watching with us online, if you're hanging out with us from another campus, if you're watching from anywhere, maybe a house church dialed in live instead of the video we sent you, wherever you're at today, my hope is that you'll do this in real time. We're calling it real time forgiveness. I'm choosing to let it go. Well, that was, I let it go. I'm letting it go. This is not going to weigh me down. This isn't going to hold me back. This isn't going to distract me from my purpose. In the moment, in the gap, I am deciding it is to my glory and it is honoring to my great and mighty God to get above it, to stay above it. I'm already over it. You don't get invited to the party that everybody else gets invited to. I'm over it. It's not going to hold me back. God must have some sort of a purpose in it. Maybe maybe they forgot to put me on the list. It doesn't really matter. I'm already over it. It's not going to keep me from my calling. Someone makes a snarky comment on social media. I'm already over it. I'm not going to let it weigh me down. I've got a more important calling in my life. My calling is to love. My calling is to represent Jesus Christ in every arena and area of my life. I'm not going to let it slow me down. Listen, don't let the small stuff take you off your mission to serve and to love Jesus Christ. Imagine if Jesus got off mission because of the small things and he just started kind of throwing a fit like we do. Matthew, you weren't paying attention in my sermon on the mount and I realized there's a big old storm, but I couldn't possibly calm it. I'm so mad. Can you imagine if Jesus, if one of the Pharisees gave me a dirty look? 
It hurt my feelings. I'm just not in the mood to do any miracles today. It couldn't possibly happen. Thomas, you didn't even compliment me when I opened up those blinded eyes. You didn't even, what you did was you just came and asked for more, and now you want me to raise a dead person, and I'm so frustrated right now. Did you not see what I've already done for you? Can you imagine if Jesus went down the same road that we go down daily? Jesus' mission was all about love. He was, he is, and he will always be the embodiment of love. Whenever you find yourself thinking or feeling offended, choose to show love. Tell yourself this, the calling ahead of me is greater than the offense that's behind me. You still have a calling from God. God has empowered you. God has equipped you. Your life is way too short and your calling is way too important to be offended by something that is so small. In the year 2021, don't be pulled down by the smaller offenses of this world. There is always a gap and we choose to close the gap between action and reaction with love. Assume the best. Even if people are mean, even if people are hateful, I mean, if they're angry, they must be going through something. You know, you've heard it before, hurting people hurt people. And instead of choosing to be offended by, choose to have compassion for. Choose to forgive in the moment. It's real-time forgiveness. We are called to stay above it, and we're called to love through it. That's what followers of Jesus Christ do. So don't get in social media battles. Don't be tempted. Don't fall in. Don't let that fill you. I got something to say, and my words are better than your words. I get it. I could do that too. Don't do it. Rise above it. Don't Listen, listen even in the arena that is so raw right now in, in, our, in our culture, in the area of politics, don't, don't get offended. Don't become hateful by which politics people like and people don't like. Don't, don't defend your theology. Don't defend Jesus with hatred and anger. Where is the fruit of the Spirit in that? We're called to love. So when I'm tempted to be offended, to be angry, to be hurt, to be self-righteous, to gap, you know what we do? Well, you know, I'm offended, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that group that, um, you know, uh, all of the offended people go to, and I'm going to rally all the offended people to be offended with me, and now, you know, we're two or three agree together, <laughs> it must be right. What we rally people to our, to our side, stop being that, that person, don't do it. You've got a purpose. You have got a calling. I don't know about you, but I have hurt the heart of God so many times in my life. And the grace that he has shown me, that's the same grace that I want to show to other people. Of course, we'll stand up for the truth. Of course, we will. But do it in love. Don't do it in hatred and anger. I'm not going to be offended by something small. Because I just said it, I'm going to say it again. Because the calling ahead of me is much greater than the offense that is behind me. Your life is way too short. It is a breath, a puff of smoke, a vapor. It is here today, and it's gone tomorrow. And your calling is too great to be offended by something so small. So let me close with this. The next time the devil tries to to pull you down, I want you to be like, nope, by the power of Jesus Christ, I'm over it. In fact, devil, you tried to hold Jesus down for three days, but he got up in his resurrection power, and that same power lifts me. His grace sustains me, and his purpose drives me. Somebody say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Action.
reaction. What are you going to put in the gap? Accusations, hatred, anger, frustration, judgment? Or are you going to follow the prescription of the great physician? Are you going to put love in the gap? Let's pray. Father, we pray today in the name of your resurrected son, Jesus, that by your power and through your grace, you would empower us, your church, to show us love in all circumstances so that we could show love in all circumstances. Jesus, there is always a gap. Help us to close that gap with your love. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.